Welcome to the Congressional School Podcast, where we chat with our community about topics that interest you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Congressional School Podcast. I'm Annika Mitkaff, Communications and Multimedia Associate. And joining me today are two members of the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Innovation, or the CTLI. Kay Lauren Miller, Associate Director of CTLI, and Leah Webster, Director of CTLI. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having us. The topic of today's discussion is multi-sensory reading instruction. So reading is such a large focus area to instruct students in. How young do you get started? So reading instruction can start as early as you want it to be. We start here at Congressional at the Little School with just getting children loving to read, loving books. Um, It can start with reading to your students, having them work on rhyming skills, having them just to pick up books and look at the pictures and look at how words can come to life. So it starts at a very young age and it should continue, obviously, throughout your whole life. Absolutely. And uh, like Kay Lauren mentioned, a lot of that involves um, activities like um, poetry, sing-alongs, things that get students thinking about the sounds and the letters, um, introducing them to those connections that they're going to need as they, they move on into the future and really engaging their, their whole body and all of their senses in that. Awesome. So what does it mean to teach reading with multisensory instruction? Multisensory instruction means involving the entire body and all of your senses. So teaching through the auditory listening, teaching through visual aspects, seeing, and then also teaching through touching your body and feeling. And by involving all of the senses, it actually goes into your long-term memory and it affects, it works with all students because everyone has a different type of learning style and this is touching all for all the needs of all students. And what's really great about it is it allows students to get the connection to the auditory components, those phonetic um, foundations that they need, as well as um, building on their brain's ability to hold on to something like the letter patterns within a word that helps them with sight word recognition. Um, It it was so important to us when we came in um, to to Congressional, and it's actually something that we did uh, with all of our our primary and lower school teachers um, this summer this past summer is giving them some additional training and instruction in that. How does this methodology benefit students? So when we think about um, the fact that, like Kay Lauren mentioned, we have students with a wide variety of um, learning styles and learning profiles, what it allows us to do is connect to every student no matter where they're at, um, and it helps them build those foundational connections in their brain. Um, It puts information into their long-term memory bank and allows them to have the foundations to attack um, the the reading process as a whole. So whether it is, um, how do I decode a word or how do I recognize those high-frequency words that come up um, as they're um, becoming more successful readers. And I think multi-sensory instruction goes back to that quote that we've all heard, I hear and I forget, I see and I remember, I do and I understand. And so this methodology is involving everything so that you really are understanding long-term and not just rote memorization for them. Does practicing phonics foundations mean students will always be decoding words throughout the rest of their life while reading? 
Um, yes and no. I mean, it's it's good to have the ability to decode a word. Um, you know, even as a an adult who's a successful reader, there are going to be times where you come across something new. Um, you you go to a new place and you have to read a, a street sign or you have a medicine bottle. But the goal for most students is to get them to a place where they are a fully functional reader. Um, they're recognizing most of those words that they see on the page. Mm-hmm. I think it's ultimately our goal is to move from learning how to read to read to learn and in order to do that you need to have the strategies so that you're not guessing at words and like Leah was saying there's going to be times as adults that you're going to come to a foreign word or word that's not in your vocabulary but you have these skills and you automatically know how to break it up how to decode it because you've been taught at such a young age and that's what we're hoping with our students that it just becomes automatic second nature and then they can figure out the rest from there right that's great So what can parents do at home to reinforce appropriate reading behaviors for students of different ages or ability levels? Ooh, so that's a big, a big question. Um, when we think about um, this, of course, it's appropriate to start thinking, like we mentioned, very young. Um, so in that pre-reading stage where students are just learning to to love the fact that books exist and to have an appreciation for reading, you want to make sure that you're giving them the ability to hear stories read aloud to them. Um, that's a great start um, for them to, to understand how that process works. And I think one of the main things that we need to think of is just exposing our students to books and to literacy, whether it's magazines, chapter books, picture books, newspapers, and having that around them, and then also having parents model reading to them. So even if you just carve out 10 minutes a day where everybody is reading, and then you can have those conversations so that they see oh, I don't know what to do, let me go pick up a book. And that reading doesn't necessarily have to be a book. It can be a magazine, it can be a comic book, it can be graphic organizers. And then also, I think word games is a great thing to do at home as well. You can play with Hangman is one, or um, different, Wordle is a big one that kids love. But just having them manipulate language and playing with language or coming up with all these rhyming words or categories for them, it gets them exposed to literacy and being able to manipulate sounds that will eventually come back into the classroom that they need. But just having books or literacy around them um, is really important. Absolutely. And and some of that, you know, figure out what works for you and your kid. But um, when students are building a lot of those phonemic processing pieces at the beginning, being able to talk to them about rhyming words or um, practicing, you know, if it's the word uh, slip. What would it say if I took out my old sound? I'm just messing around with with language. Um, it's a really fun thing that you can kind of integrate with. Um, and of course, as students are starting to begin to read on their own, um, connecting with their classroom teacher about what would be an appropriate book for them to read is always a really important thing to do. Um, unfortunately, a lot of things marketed as easy readers for kids do have things that might not be as easy for them to work through. Um, so some will introduce multisyllable words a little bit. To too early for students when they're not quite ready for that. Um, so open dialogue with your, your child's teacher about where they're at is always a really important um, fundamental step for them. And I think also being aware of what your children are reading even as they get older and almost having a book group at home so that way you can read the same books that your students or your children are reading and then be able to have conversations and discussions. So that way as they're older, you're monitoring the comprehension. Do they really understand what they're reading? Maybe I saw something a little bit different or I'm going to dive in a little bit with higher level comprehension. And then that's the way that you can 
monitor what's going on, but also have those rich discussions with your children and having your kids see that you're also invested in what they're learning at school or what they're doing or what they're interested in. It doesn't necessarily have to be a book that they're reading in school. It could be a book or what they're interested in outside of school so that way you have that connection with your child. Right. And I absolutely love that you brought up interest, Kayloran, because that is a really important component for students choosing to be lifelong readers, um, is allowing them to explore that. So um, I've had some parents occasionally be like, oh, I feel like my child is picking books that are too easy for them. Um, But really, if a child is choosing to pick up a book and read, it's something they're excited about, that is something that's really important and fostering that whether or not... um, you, you know, there's considerations about what that level might look like. Um, students will choose to challenge themselves when they feel ready um, and giving them the opportunity to find something they're excited about. And sometimes that's rereading a, a comfort book that's familiar to them. Um, but again, that open dialogue of what's, what's exciting to you, what are you excited to read about, um, is really helpful and essential. Well, that's some great information. And I think with that, we're going to wrap up. But thank you, Leah and Kay Lauren, for joining me. And Can't wait for the parents to listen and learn some new information. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Congressional School Podcast. Learn more by visiting congressionalschool.org.